Welcome to the Web3 Artist Spotlight, the podcast that shines a spotlight on talented artists who are leveraging Web3 technology to sell their art and connect with collectors in new and innovative ways. Through in-depth interviews, we learn more about the artists behind the art and uncover their unique creative processes, inspirations, passions, and the stories behind their captivating artworks. From seasoned professionals to emerging talents, we bring you a diverse range of voices from the Web3 community, and we delve deeper into how blockchain technology, NFTs, and decentralized platforms are revolutionizing the art industry. Carlos Aquino is a multi-talented artist from the Dominican Republic. Carlos is known for his acrylic on canvas paintings, which he turned into his first collection called Eyes. One of those pieces was selected to be displayed in Times Square and the Artist Village. Carlos more recently transitioned into digital art with a Dominican-centric collection called Las Muñecas. He is also an avid collector in the space and a voice for inclusion and positivity. And with that, Giancarlo and I welcome Carlos to the space. Thank you, guys. That was a really charming welcome and really happy to be here with you guys. Um, I had came by myself here live for the Javi Center, so always a great supporter. King is one, my number one fan. So, so I want to start uh, how we go with this and start talking about um, me. Yeah, Let, let's um, let's do this, Carlos. And so, yeah, like take five minutes. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, you know, who you are, your story, and um, how you got into Web3. Cool. Yeah, I'm starting with, um, um, like Jennifer said, I'm, my name is Carlos Aquino from the Dominican Republic. Um, I was privileged to grow up in a small town in the mountains called Constanza, which like a community town was a farming town where everybody was uh, related one way or another. Everybody was taking care of each other um, was like basically forming my character. Being a creator, I used to create my own toys to to entertain myself. I follow follow all the steps of my brother. And just uh, that creation size going from my mother, she's a sister's, and she was related with clothing, uh, most of uh, our life, um, that's what we grew all seeing. So at an early age, I started using sewing machines and learned how to sew. And that creative part was always there, you know. Um, but I cannot tell my father that I want to be an artist. That was a no-no uh, in our family. They can support this, my sisters, but they cannot support the, the guys, you know, the boys had to work. That's basically uh, a straight work. If my father were here, he would say, ponte a trabajar, just get to work, and start playing around, goofing around, uh, doing drawings and things like that. Uh, I also create my set of drones back then. You know, I just made some noise in the party all the time, get in trouble because I wake him all out of the <laughs> nap. <laughs> So just uh, really interesting in art since your early age. And then, but you're getting bored in life and then you put those things on the sides because uh, it's a surviving mode. Uh, I engaged, uh, after I finished high school, 
uh, engaged my career as a baseball player. So I played for uh, in the summer camp for the Cincinnati Reds in the Dominican Republic. And, um, you know, life uh, gets you one way or another. And um, I got injured, so I switched uh to go to uh, the university and start business administration. And um, as I was uh, going to school for business administration, and then I started working in a uh, factory, uh, a jeans factory, where they uh, made Wrangler for the United States and Lee Cooper for Europe. And uh, that's when my first encounter with a professional or a different level drawing uh, experience because they asked me uh, for a, if I can draw a sample for the Arctic collection of the 2002. And they, I say, yes, no problem. I do that. So I create um, a design of five, eight drawings and they pick up five for the, for that year collection. And then that was an amazing moment for me. Not because I take money off, but was really innocent about it. Um, but at least my art was a style showing off one way or another. So I had the potential to to be creative and uh, to be uh, somebody one day. And, you know, you always put those things on the side that you engage in a different experience. And then I came to the stage, follow my dream, follow Jennifer. Uh, and that was the reason why I came to New York. And basically the funny thing is, is now it's going to be 20 years that I've been in the state and then everything come back in a circle. So so 2003, I came to New York, follow Jennifer. um, And now I'm with Jennifer. We have a beautiful family, two kids and uh, speaking in, in one of the biggest conference from NFT. And uh, in my creative career, you know, it's taking off, you know, just the drive, the passion that I put in the drawings or whatever I create, I think it's, um, it's going to basically uh, pay off for the sacrifice that we made in the long run. No, oh, that's awesome, Carlos. Man, and what a, what a cool story, you know, uh, from the humble beginnings, right? A small, small town in the mountains and DR, you know, and, and then going, you know, getting, getting to New York. And uh, I think that was kind of cool. You mentioned that, um, you know, growing up, you made a lot of toys and then you actually also learned how to, how to sew. I'm curious, do you still do any sewing as well or no? Yeah, actually, I still do sewing machine. I do a post tree. Uh, I sew. Uh, 2020 was really interesting a year because in 2020, all my creativity uh, explode in a way, in a different way. You know, I will always work creating in a different way. Being home, you know, in that confined space with the family, so I had time to create. So I engaged in um, sewing all the masks for the Murphy Center in Tampa for the veterans and for my friends in New York and in Tampa, so I was like, that was my daily routine. Wake up, go up to the uh, bonus room, sit down in a sewing machine, and basically have a, a sampling line full of masks and gen, gen, 
get it ready, the packet, and then we send it over. It was like a, like a factory. Wow. So <laughs> cool. We had the kids involved on it. I do Carmen as a mother. I always try all the masks on her to make you know make sure that everything fed. Uh, and, and it was like a, a family thing. You know, we spent so much time together at that time that I start reconsidering. You know what I want in life and. And that's basically how everything started in, uh, in the drive. And Jim, you know, pushed me to be my best and asked me, how you want to do this? You know, you have all this drawing. You be drawing so much. Why you don't convert all this drawing in NFT? At that time, I don't really have a clue what an NFT was, <laughs> you know? Anyway, and, and just out of curiosity, so how did you actually, or you guys find out about like NFTs and Web3 and all that? Because I know you, so you mentioned, like you got into, you did baseball for a while, you got injured, you went to university, you worked, but then and you, you were doing the art, but like, how did you actually discover crypto, Web3, NFTs? Like, how did that happen? So, Jim, uh, back in 2016, uh, crypto was taking off. We, you know, we got laid in crypto, so we started learning about crypto back then in 2016. Um, by 2018, we already had, you know, knowledge of what crypto was. We have, you know, so investment on it. And uh, 2021 basically was the when we will engage with the NFT world. And uh, Jen told me, look, why you don't get doing this? You know, just try this out. And I went in a rabbit hole and started learning about it and basically jump on the gun, you know, start creating, um, start learning about NFT, create my wallet, start going to the spaces. I got robbed a couple of times <laughs> because I was uh, putting the wrong link and things like that. But, you know, that was a learning curve for me and then after you will get comfortable you know what to do it's totally different they i said you know you need to go for the conference and then she said last year we basically say okay we all go so we came uh, for new york and it was amazing experience for us and, and basically that solidified what i want to pursue in life and then as soon as we came uh, from new york um, i saw one of the companies that i own uh, with my partner and, uh, you know, put my full energy to create. And uh, by October, I had over 279 eyes. Uh, canvas already created and was like nonstop drawing. And like, I go to the, my studio and just lost myself there after a full day of work. And, um, you know, everything was going together you know uh, the connection that i make uh in new york last year was basically the people that motivate also a long way uh, to have that support from jane that motivate me to continue doing this you know and uh she's the one you know she's the biggest part of the project because uh without her support you know i, I basically might be just do continue doing my sketches in the garage you know, for myself without, you know, showing people what I'm really capable to do. And like um, 100%, you know, all the attributes, you know, for for pushing me to be my best. And this type of, and the NFT work and the artwork is her, you know. 
Oh man, that's so touching. <laughs> so, so heartfelt and so cool that, you know, Jenny, uh, you know, supported your, your dream of doing this and, and, um, and that you are what you are now. And that's, that's so cool. And I was curious, um, if maybe you could tell us a little bit more about like what inspires you to create art and, and what do you think has kind of like influenced the style of art that you have now? So for, for a long time, I was uh, creating on black and white. I don't know why was the reason. My sister being an artist, uh, one of my oldest sisters was an Eastern artist. I always tag along with her. We have a really good relation. And then I always tried to imitate what she was creating. She also used a lot of charcoal drawings. And then I used to, you know, use charcoal for, for painting and uh, chalk. And whatever was available, we used to even use avocado uh, seed to paint in the walls. And, you know, back then, just the fact that the creation, you know, like creating, creating without whatever was available. And when I came to the state, was so much things are available in the States that you can create in a such a good way that I start here when I start painting and I try with colors and the vibration of the colors of the Dominican Republic are amazing. You know, you can walk for a street and you can see art for a mile, people in the street, uh, drawings. And that's one of the things that motivated me to create uh, and have my own style. And um, the color of the island, that's what where was coming from all the time. And then the eyes was always coming in my drawings. I don't know why. It was something that there was a reflection of what was I thinking of. And uh, that's basically was the reflecting pattern of my drawing, eyes, eyes, eyes. And um, I feature, I think, my, my art through the eyes. And I think that was the motivation about it, you know, where I coming from what I always was seeing, the smell of the sea, the palm trees, the warmth of the people. And I think that's the motivation and what is part of my art. So cool. It makes me want to go visit Dominican Republic, uh, you know, just to be able to see, you know, all those sites. I've been to some of the islands in the Caribbean and, you know, like Puerto Rico and stuff like that. So they are still a bit on the list, but... Um, you know, just hearing you describe the ocean and the colors and the people. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it sounds like definitely would be such a, such an inspiration to, to draw on for your art. And when you, oh, sorry, go ahead, Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. It's like poetry, you know, like, uh, if I describe you how to go in the mountain and arrive, wing and, uh, with foggy road, you know, going right and just coming down to a valley, there's, you know, it's just like, such a good feeling when I come back all the time to the town and, and even in the city, it's like Jane can describe that experience. It's like, ah, it feels so good to be here. You know, that type of feeling. And then I think everything is because the people are so happy all the time and they can be poor. They, they really, it don't even matter. You know, if they hear a merengue, they will dance in front of you. They, they cheer you. They cheer with you whatever they have and um, I think that's basically community and and that's one of the the reasons that I feel so loved in this community because I'd be able to share with them and 
and give my uh, my part to a growing community that is growing in such a good way. And then Web3 is, is amazing to connect with people that share the same value that you. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, it's funny what you mentioned there about the people being happy. I can so relate to that from when I lived in Colombia, right? Like we, um, we moved around a bit and there was one point that we lived in an area that was, you know, pretty poor. I mean, like pretty, pretty low class, but it, it was interesting because a lot of the, like, it was a very tightly knit, it was a smaller town, you know, similar to what you were, when you were describing, you know, the, the, the town you grew up in. And it was a very close knit community, right? So everybody knew each other. People were just really willing to like kind of help and support each other. And the other thing that was amazing is people, I mean, I feel like those were some of the happiest people I've ever engage with, you know, and, and, and it's because, and they didn't, they hardly had anything. Like some of the people that lived in the neighborhood, they didn't even have running water. They literally had to walk to like a stream to go to the bathroom. And I mean, barely had anything. Right. But they were so happy, even with a little bit of means, you know, and it's just because they found joy in like community and the friendships and relationships. And even just in like life, simple pleasures, you know, just being able to go out and play soccer with like a, a ball they created you know, hearing music and dancing. I mean, just, just, you know, just enjoying being outside and just hanging out or playing games on the street, you know, like, um, it was beautiful, you know, and, and, um, and, and I agree, like, it just, it just, it helps to remind, to almost remind us that like, we don't need a lot of these things that we're, we're told that we need to be, to be happy, right. But like all, a lot of these material things, if anything, almost make us feel more unhappy, you know, because it focuses more on like what you don't have, you know, but, um, but yeah, no, I, I love that. I love that you emphasize that about the, you know, the just the happiness of the people and, and the dancing and all that because it, it brings me back, you know, to some of those days in my in my youth and and it and it helps to ground me sometimes, you know. So I, I love that. I love that you that you talked about that and then you got to experience that over there as well. Yeah, I I see. You know, when you're coming from a, a different uh, environment and then you come to the state, you see how much opportunity you have in here. You know. Um, it's a grinding, you know, you live in, in uh, a country, you know, the, everything had to be made, everything had to be created, and then that opened your mind to a totally different way. Um, and in the state, if uh, something got broke, you go to Walmart, pick up something else, you know, it's like everything is available mm -hmm. to, a can tell you this, like most of the time I thought, no, don't worry about it, I fix it, I make it, and that's, you know, not because... I think the value of that is like, for her it's time, for me it's low, I can do it. And, and it's totally different approach, you know, in a culture, you know, I had to adapt, I had conflict with that, even doing work for people and charging money. And that's like so much conflict and Jen can basically tell you about it. You know, sometimes I go to my neighbor's houses and they ask for something. I go do the thing and they get mad at me because I don't charge anything. Just because the fact that you're growing in a community, I, if I told my parents that I asked for, for something in change, I just, oh, no, you have to come back, return it, and apologize for taking it. Because you do things for without expecting anything. And that was the, you know, what I learned and then, you know, they interchange, you know, if they cook chicken in the house and the other house, they cook meat, uh, stay, they interchange. And that was basically like always 
you have five different plates for different houses in my house. We always wait for my aunt to bring some food that was really nice. She was the more richest, the more wealthy, and then we always wait for that plate. That was funny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, a really nice... Uh, I think my childhood was amazing, to be honest with you, because I grew up in a diversity group. Like, my community... We had Japanese, we had Chinese, we had Black, we had Americans, we had Arabic people, uh, Arab, and like the diversity is amazing. I don't realize until I grew up and now I sit down and reflect on it. So when I came to the state, for me, it was no different to relate uh, with different ethnicity because I already grew up on it. So I grew up in a, a Spanish colony with most of my uh, knowing and the most that I learned was related to Spain. So I grew up just listening to uh, uh, Spanish music, flamenco, uh, corrida de toros, and, you know, things that, that were related with the Spanish community as, as, uh, history. But I also learned, you know, other... Uh, part or like Japan, one of my best friends from Japan and growing up and learning different cultures will open your mind for a diversity. Learning that, I think that was part of the way that I create. I had a question for you. What was the experience like for you transitioning from traditional painting to creating digital art? That was a good one. And then <laughs> was so difficult and I Listen the advice for Jason Chamber. He's on the stage. He basically told me when I asked him one of his spaces was, you had to do a schedule, you know? You had to basically one day a week pick up to do digital and the rest of the week you do physicals. But I'm, my part of creation is physical more than anything. I, I had to feel the pain in my hands. I had to feel the brush, touch the canvas and, and feel that texture. And digital is totally opposite. You know, this tool made the, the drawing amazing, but then it's, it's a point when you get tired or you get boring because, or you have to walk away for a moment because I'm, I feel that I need to be moving. If I don't move, I feel that I'm not productive. And for me, it was difficult to transition on, but after I learned it, just follow all the steps uh, that I buy from Jason, and basically was uh, remarkable. It was productive for me because I was adapting to the change, and that's uh, I, when I listened to Jason, basically was when I, my mind switched and I was be able to transition to that point. Awesome. And do you enjoy it now? Like, I mean, now that you've kind of transitioned or, or do you still feel like you kind of prefer to do it more on uh, the, the physical stuff? I have a balance. So um, if I'm chilling in the house, I can grab the iPad, I can create. And then um, I set alarms. So right now I, I have different alarms for uh, being the iPad. I have like between 30 minutes to 45 minutes. If I can finish the drawing at that point or I can continue later on, if the alarm um, pop up and then I stop, 
or I can say, okay, I can finish the 10 more minutes and then I move that way. But alarms are important for me right now because that's the way I can focus in, in the creation part and don't get distracted with other things. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. So um, I know earlier you talked when you were talking a little bit about, you know, your inspiration and all that. You mentioned that, you know, eyes always kept coming into your drawings and and the work that you were doing, you know. And so I, I was interested because um, I know you the, the first collection you released, right, was your first uh, NFT collection was was around, around eyes, right? And I was curious why you had chosen like that particular theme um, you know, for the collection and, um, you know, and maybe the more of the significance of you for, for, uh, for creating something around high. So the eyes collection was really interesting. Uh, I was, uh, painting every day in my studio and then I don't want to throw away the left, you know, waste the paint that I had left over when I finished the, the painting. So I bought maybe, um, at that time, uh, Jennifer's sister, Jody, bought me like 20 small canvases, uh, 8 by 10 canvas. And I said, you know what? Whatever it come out, it come out. So every night or every day, I had two or three canvas finished with eyes. And then, you know, every day was kind of different and beautiful, you know, uh, different color, different shape, different palette. And uh, without realizing <laughs> I had like maybe 55 total 10, uh, 10 by 8 canvas done with eyes. And it was like, oh, this is going to be the collection that I want to, to draw my first collection because with a natural feeling on it, they have vibrant colors and the energy behind it was uh, unique and original. And that's the reason, basically, how my Irish collection started. Awesome. And are there, I was curious, like, are there any pieces from that collection that you're, like, particularly fond of or that maybe have, like, a greater meaning for you that you could share with us? Yeah. The first one, I will say, it can be the number one because that was uh, the one that identified, like, my soul was put in that painting. And I think between that one and Amy's ring, that was the two pieces that had more emotion on it. Because Amy's ring was coming from a place of sadness after I watched how she died. And um, I was in the space we we start talking about it. I was uh, all day in the studio listening to Amy's uh, music. I watched the documentary about her, and then I went to the studio and started painting. And I just want to paint something beautiful that, that reflects the soul of Amy. What was her life about it? And um, as my first painting the reflection of the soul was you know like the reflection of the soul somebody that I love the music and I think that those two pieces for me are the one that are remarkable because that's the one that have more feelings about it well, I love that I was trying to see if I could find it <laughs> but 
um, to like pin it up. No, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and, and it's cool to know that the you know the the meaning and the significance of those particular pieces um, for you. And um, so, and I know one other, another interesting thing was, um, and I know Jenny mentioned it a little bit in the intro. Um, the so this other collection you released, which was your first one on known origin, the, the Muñecas collection. That was also like your first kind of um, one because the, the first one, the eyes one, was really the stuff that you drew in canvas, but you converted it to, to digital so that they could be NFTs. The the Muñecas one, you actually did them all um, digitally, right? So it was kind of a, a transitional one for you. And um, I wanted to know if maybe you could tell us a little bit more about you know what inspired you to create um, that particular collection and what it means to you. So that particular collection, you know, uh, was inspired... I grew up watching this uh, Jennifer too. You know, we grew up watching all these beautiful dolls without faces. They clay dolls and they beautiful dresses, beautiful hair, and all the all the thing they played out with the colorful of the Dominican Republic. The reason this doll worked without face was because there was so much diversity in the island at that time, and they don't want to identify any of that. So they don't put faces in the dolls. And when I was reading about the whole behind the scene of this doll, I said, you know what? I want to create something. I talked to Jen. She said, yeah, that, that's a really good idea. We can do that. And then we started working in that small project. with only 10, you know, uh, 30 total. And the idea was put faces to those dolls. And then to make it look clay. And then, you know, I go behind all the woman behind my, my, in my life, they, they inspire me to be who I am. And then the name that we choose, uh, Jane and I, basically every name was meaningful for us. And, um, I love that collection, not only because it was the first one in our origin, but because it was, uh, a collection that Jim was behind me in the creation one in, in, in all the aspects. In the ice collection, I was more free about creating because I just go and create my thing and I show it to her. If she liked it, it was, she don't like it, it was good too. But the Muñeca collection, she had a, a lot of energy on it and then she pushed push me to be the best on me. And uh, sometimes... I do something that she like, and when she come by, everything was different, and then that kind of aggravated. But you know, sometimes in, in the mind of the artist, it's totally different. Sometimes what I see is not what you see, and and uh, I create something that in my life to somebody else. And um, but I try to put my best, uh, the technique that I use in the physicals and apply to the digital, and then I find myself. To, to start basically learning in a faster way, procreate, and uh, the creation part was really into uh, the last piece uh, in one way. And then, you know, and, and I was not expecting the taking taking off that way, but the two pieces that I liked the most in that collection was Anacaona. Anacaona and Francesca, I think that's my two favorite pieces. No, because uh, after I learned how the Taino culture was in the island and how they, how she died, 
think she deserved to be recognized. And then Francesca is because my mom, that was the reflection of my mom in all the aspects, the fashion part of, and uh, also the way that the she pursued um, a beautiful uh, portrait. And then, you know, Jane, you know, was behind me in every step of the collection. Oh, I love that. And um, I, so it's funny, I I, uh, I pinned up one of, well, first I had pinned up one that I thought also was just a beautiful piece um, that you actually, it was the, the collab you did with Anna, um, I forgot what her last name is, not uh, Zoom, right? Yeah. Um, which I just thought was just, because you know, she does all these like beautiful black and white, you know, kind of floral designs. And I just thought, man, this, this one that I pinned up first was, it just, I just love the colors, you know, and the contrast with the red in the background and how you like, you know, it just, it's beautiful. And, um, I pinned up also the, the Francesca and I still got to look up the other one, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's so cool that, um, you know, the meaning behind the collection and, and cool to hear that, like, this is one that, that you and Jenny, um, you know, kind of really closely collaborated on and, 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 you know, that she gave a lot of input into it. Yeah, no, I was just going to mention it's funny because I, I sometimes do that with like my wife where I'll be like, I'll, I'll, I'll start making something and I'm like, what do you think about this? And she's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, it just, you'll give me like you know, straight up feedback and be like, I don't know the color. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to rework this. And I'll do that. <laughs> so, so, and it's always appreciated to have somebody that you can like bounce ideas off of and things like that. So it's, it's cool to, to hear that, that you guys, um, you know, that Jenny gave you a lot of input and, and feedback for this one. Yeah. No, I mean, like I say, it's, it's fascinating to have somebody with you that, you know, they guide you in a different way. In a different way. And in that collection specifically was only 10 pieces, but I mean, the, the relationship that I, I was creating with Jason and Anna, you know, it's amazing to me. I always love Jason's work on Instagram. That's when I face his art, Instagram, and I love the way that he marketing his art. He always was posting about he's going to the market, how the thing on, and I always was like so fascinating and, and love the way that he uh, was um, moving in the art, and I always was like dreaming to doing something like that, and then Basically, now I have every Friday of the month, I have uh, my 10, I pull my R. And every time I do that, I think about those moments when I see Jason post or when I see his reels, uh, he posting his R and things like that. It was fascinating for me, you know, that I'm doing the same thing and it's joyful. And then in that collection, I basically was an honor for, for, for me to have Anna and Jason uh, to be in part of the Muñeca collection and, and a collab. I have a question for you, Carlos. As a person whose primary language is not English, what advice would you give someone who wants to share their voice in Web3 but is hesitant to do it because it's not their first language? I encourage everybody to integrate, you know, if you know you first, um, to primary language, not English, the best way to do it is just continue trying, you know. Uh, I understand my accent is strong accent. It's going to be that way anyway, but I try every day to be better. And the only way you can do it is trying. If you don't understand sometimes things that I say, I know even the kids, they 
they have so much fun with me uh, when I say certain things. Uh, but it's trying, you know, every day. It's like every day. The, the integration in the community, the trying, the conversation, that will improve with time. And then I think uh, that's the best thing. Don't be shy about it. Just don't think about it. Just do it. I think that's one of the things that is going to make you uh, aware. If people will respect you more when you're trying, if you don't try and then uh, you want to be left behind, I think trying, people will encourage you to, to do it and they support you that way. And then I think that that's my best advice. Keep trying. Yeah, I'd say that's great advice. Even not just for, for language, but just in life in general, right? I mean, I think, you know, there's so many skills and things. I mean, we all grow up not knowing how to do things, right? Or, or uh, even, you know, speaking, whether it's art, whether it's public speaking, writing, you know, I think that the trying, the practice and just doing it, as you said, is, is really the key to, to, to become better and, 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 uh, and improve, right? I think uh, it's so important to do that practice. Um, I luckily had like the fortune that I, I learned like like English and Spanish when I was young, you know, pretty young, you know, uh, I got exposed to it. But for example, like my wife didn't grow up learning, um, knowing how to speak Spanish. And she also just a lot of times just put herself out there, put herself in situations where she had to like speak it and practice it, um, took a role like working in Puerto Rico uh, one year and, and doing a lot of Spanish and man, she became like really good at it, you know, to the point where like, yeah, like we've gone to trips to, to Colombia to visit my family. And, you know, people were like, wow, like how does you know, how does she do it? But it's, it's just like you said, it's just really trying, practicing and, and, um, and, and just, just doing it, you know, that, that really helps you to, to improve. Man. So, so I love as a segue on that. I, I think what's really cool, um, following that question is that, you know, I know you were featured, as a speaker at NFT NYC, right, it has to be part of a, like a panel around um, uh, you know bridging the gap on uh, NFTs and the, the traditional world. So first and foremost, you know, congratulations uh, on that, which is that's that's super awesome um, that that you you got to you know be a speaker and Jenny as well. I got to give you your flowers and congrats on on um, on being a speaker as well. But um, I was wondering, Carlos, if you could maybe tell us a little bit more about like the main points you brought up in your talk uh, around, you know, bridging the gap between NFTs and the traditional world. Yeah, I mean, what's uh, really interesting, you know, uh, I met with two brilliant artists, and Dick and Joanna, and basically Kay is um, she's not in the Web three space. She's so talented. But she's not in the, in, in, in the web three and, uh, and, and the opposite side, she's brilliant in digital, but not in physicals. And, and, you know, that was, uh, kind of the same, the opposite of myself was learning the digital part because I'm really good in the physical and was a really good combination in the conversation when we, you know, we, basically feed each other with information that was helpful to get that bridge across because it's really important for traditional artists to understand how transition in that aspect. Doesn't matter how much talent you have in the in in the physical to be in Web3 or in NFT world, you have to learn the digital aspect. And then you have to be able to 
if you cannot do it, you need to find help. That's basically what it is. If you don't have to do it, find somebody they know how to do it and support you that way to be able to bring up your brand, your drawings, or whatever project you're working on it. And that's what one of the main points in the conversation basically was uh, how we find support in the community that can help us to transition from one thing to another or basically learn how to do the digital part of the digital aspect. Even in the digital art, how to learn the physical part because it's one of improve one way or another in both sides. Yeah, no, 100%. And I know you did mention that you got a lot of inspiration and input from from Jason, who's here in the audience. Uh, was there anyone else or any other ways that helped you to kind of make that transition like and, and uh, you know, take a lot of the things that you know and, and were really good at on the physical side and, and learn how to, how to do stuff digitally? Oh, sure. Like, I have support from Cameron, you know, Cam basically was, we do more of the work physically. You know, we like to draw and we paint. We like to be around playing with paint, but he had more experience in the digital. And then I ask questions when I don't understand things or when I need to learn things. He always was there for me to support in that aspect. And Jason Sander of Drain Eyes, how they, he is well known. He always basically, if I have any question, I always can call and ask. And um, like I said, having that support of my friends and the community, it was making me to be better artists and um, having that support in a, in a place that I was not familiar with. It. And then I think, you know, I was be able to, in, to engage and communicate with other people uh, and be a good friend with other people that also elevate myself to be better, not only in communication aspect, but also in, in the in the work aspect. And I think that's what is this community about, you know, how you can learn from other artists and what they do is want to be, how is wanna, how that is going to feature to be better tomorrow. And then it, it's an everyday thing. You have to be on it every day. I don't encourage you to be in Twitter every day the way it is. Sometimes you have to take a break, but in the creation part, you have to do it every day. It's like make that part of your routine, make that part of your daily thoughts also, even taking a moment for a walk and then you, you can come back to it. And I think uh, it's just having like a habit every day, a joy. You know, you reading, you have joy for it, you creating art, have passion for it. And I think passion and energy is what make the difference. Yeah, that's another great piece of advice. You know, I think it's the, the daily habits, right? I mean, daily habits are so powerful, no matter what it is that you want to improve on, you know, whether it's art, whether it's writing, um, you know, whatever it is. And you can always find, you know, a little bit, I mean, if you prioritize it, you can always find a little bit of time to, to do it. Um, and I'll give a quick shout out to number one, to a friend, uh, Nefemi, who's here in the audience, because, um, you know, he's, he's got this uh, scribe program and, you know, the whole point of it is, you know, you could even write a novel just writing 15 minutes a day, you know, and just building that, that habit. And, um, the other thing I wanted to comment on too, that you mentioned, this is so cool is the, um, the, the community here is just so awesome. You know, it, it's, it's like, I've just noticed so much of a willingness 
to help and support each other. You know, people are just very open and helpful. You know, like if people, you reach out to other artists and people and they're just, man, just super supportive and, and, and really, really willing to like help and empower others. You know, and I think that's been one of the most beautiful things of, about this community. Um, and the two guys you mentioned, you know, Cam Smith and Drain Die, both great people. Um, I would also say, yeah, Cam, it's funny, Cam, one day, you know, he did a, uh, a quick session, you know, on how to, you know, how to get into Manifold and, and set up your own contract. And I would have never probably been able to to do it if I hadn't been able to like jump on there, get his input and, and ask questions, you know, because some of the stuff's kind of complicated. You know, sometimes it's not always easy to follow a video, but when you can like talk to somebody and, and have them walk you through it because they're already, uh, you know, a few steps ahead of you in the process, man, it makes it makes a world of a difference. So yeah, man, that's 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 great advice, and I just wanted to give a shout out to to those people as well because, man, just just great people in this community that are just so helpful, and and uh, and it makes all the difference for sure. Absolutely, I remember when Cam walked me through it because I was like, I don't even know where to start. What is this? And yeah, and Eyes was uh, assisted on the contract side by Cam's support, one hundred percent, until I realized how to do it. Yep. So I have a question. It's kind of uh, a tangent. Um, so I'm going to go off a little bit on a tangent here. But you recently went to the MoMA for the first time ever. And uh, I was hoping you could share what were some of your faves when you went with the kids? Oh, I cannot describe the emotion part. It was a point in that walk where Carmen and Alex were sitting watching this beautiful art transformation was animated was in a 20 feet by uh, 30 feet wall and they were so into that that I was tearing behind them of emotion and uh, just having the work within Picasso's painting I know Jason Chamber loved Picasso and the way that, that he but just watching Picasso live is amazing. It's amazing work. The texture on the painting, the way that he uh, put the shadows and, and that reflection, you know, it, it's amazing for an artist to, to look at it. And one of the things is they were humans like us. And you can see the human arrow in those paintings. It, that was uh, making so fascinating. And I think the one that catch my eye the most is because I love Van Gogh and Van Gogh is one of the fountain inspiration for my art. And when I watched Starry Nine for the first time, I, I was uh, almost crying of emotions. So I went to Van Gogh's house in Paris and not even going to that um, place was so joyful to see one of the original painting of Van Gogh starting at, in, in the MoMA. And um, just so much information, so much beautiful creation in that place. I mean, I can spend days just admiring all these uh, drawings. And what I took from there was so much inspiration to create that my mind was just, my brain was just going crazy off how I want to process all that information and how I can put all the information out of my brain. And um, I can't wait to get home and start creating because 
what is going to come out of this trip is going to be amazing. Super excited. I can't wait to see what you do. And I love that um, they were waiting in line for a while, guys. Like it was not easy to get into the MoMA. And uh, at some point, him and Jesse Doyle just started like doodling with each other. So I'm really excited to see what that looks like too, because that hasn't been like made public. Yeah, that was amazing moment. This is the first time I met Jesse uh, in the real life. We've been talking for months. I just said to this point, like we create a really good bond, really good friend, we really good connection. We talk about collaboration and we talk about technique. And Jesse is a amazing human being, you know, just the energy that we just basically have in that moment. We even forget to take a picture together. So we jump to the to the to the drawing right away. It was like, oh, what are you doing? Let's do it. Uh, can I have that pack? Okay, let's paint. And uh, it's fascinating. It was like we forgot about even it was nothing existing in that moment. We just us in the drawing and uh, just walking to the MoMA. I mean, that's a, a, a really memory for life, you know, um, just encountering that moment and try the capturing in our brain without thinking about taking a picture or anything like that. I think uh, that's going to be always uh, something that we remember. Because it's, uh, that's one of the beautiful moments in life when you meet somebody that you re- related with and that you have so much connection with. You'll be able to, to memorize and just put in your brain in a way that is a, a, a beautiful memory. Oh, man, that sounds so awesome. And yeah, maybe you didn't get the picture. <laughs> I don't know if you ended up getting one after or not, but... The fact that you guys like connected, you know, met for the first time there in person and you created art together, man. Yeah, you, you can later look back on that art and, you know, have it kind of take you back to that that specific moment. So that that's so cool. And man, I was feeling a little bit moved just hearing you talk about that experience of you being there at the MoMA and seeing some of these artwork for the first time or having your kids appreciate it. I mean, that's uh, it's, it's so touching. All right. And so... Um, I guess on a, on a slightly different note, uh, one other thing I want to ask you about as well, since you guys have been in, in New York for NFT NYC, um, what's been your favorite meal since you've been in New York this past week? The soup in the Chinese place. That was uh, amazing. Yeah, we, we have official ramen. Yeah, official. official ramen soup with a really nice spice in New York. That was awesome. You know, always a uh, pizza is always, you know, overrated. That's always a good thing to have in New York. Everywhere you go, good pizza. But I think that Roman soup uh, was something different this time. Man, you're going to have to let me know where this place is. <laughs> if, if the New York pizza was, was not better than that ramen, then I'm going to try it out when I'm there. Well, like I say, I always, try, I always eat pizza in New York and always good. But you, that soup was good. That's what something I had to say. It was yummy. Uh, was a really good temperature outside. The perfect day to have that soup. You know, Carmen always asked when I have real soup, and then Jen found this place. We went there. Uh, we had Jason drink ice with us, and that was really nice. Awesome. And Jen, what was your favorite? 
Was it the soup place too or something else? I mean, the soup was very, very good. But actually, I had a Thai meal yesterday with Carmen and Sarkis while Carlos was uh, taking Alex to the airport. And man, that was some really good Thai. Like, I felt like I had just gotten that in Thailand. It was official, delicious. Over in, um, what's his neighborhood? I think it's Sunnyside is his neighborhood in Queens. Yeah. And that sounds awesome. <laughs> I'm getting hungry now. Uh, I love me some good Thai food. So I'll have, to, I'll have to make a note of that place too. All right. And then maybe another question for you, Carlos. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about your art, about your story, um, now the experience at NFT NYC. Um, I was curious, you know, what other things are you passionate about outside of art that you can maybe share with us? Oh, I'm passionate about baseball. Um, I love music. And uh, the, the sport in general is amazing. Um, but I think the two things that, that I love the most is, uh, you know, to be in a baseball game. And, you know, that, that's so joyful. So um, those things, uh, uh, for me, uh, that's life. Because it's a community also, you know. And then uh, baseball, music, and art, I can do that every day. I love that. And I, I know you mentioned before because you actually played baseball like back in the day, right? So do you still like play it just for fun or with the kids or friends uh, from time to time? Uh, I go to the batting cage sometimes. I enjoy it so much. I, I love when everybody stop and watch when I hit in the ball. And, and that's uh, fascinating. I think that's more exciting. It is really funny, actually, because everybody's like, oh, Okay. <laughs> and then they just watch. So Carlos has still got it. <laughs> Draw, oh, draws yeah. the crowds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes right into that 90 mile per hour one and everyone's like, him? No. And then the magic happens. It's wow. pretty cool. Yeah. That is cool. I think that's uh, the thing that I like the most, you know, just uh, for joyful. And then I love cooking too, you know, when I cook for friends and, uh, a nice meal, stay, and anything like that. When I cook for my family, it's always joyful. What's your like top dish? Like the one that like everybody requests all the time. I made a really good chicken and rice with azafran, kind of you know Spanish style. That's really good. It's like a paella, but without the shrimp. It's, mm, okay. Yeah, like the chicken paella. And the steak, I cook really good steak. Um, the kids love it, and they love the smoothies too. So they're my, oh. my number one fan in food. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned steak and, and smoothies, because I, I make both of those things too. And um, my kids also like love the steak. And I have like like nieces and stuff too that like, are, are also like, whenever I, I make steak, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we want some. you know. So they're like obsessed with it. But And I, I really enjoy making steaks as well. <laughs> Kind of a, a thing. I don't know. I also like get, do get enjoyment from, from kind of like cooking, you know, as well. It's just um, kind of a nice thing to, to do from time to time. Yeah. So I can I can definitely relate on that. Yeah, it's good. You know, I think we we don't have time and space to describe. You know, my journey. We go and do, mm -hmm. you know all the all the things that I did to get to this point in life. But you know, I experimented with too many traits and too many things, and then I choose what I want after that. Uh, one of the advice that my mom always says was, whatever you do in life, be good about it. And um, 
I always try to put all my energy and whatever I do in life and it's anything that I approach to it, you know. Um, I try to do my best, to be my best, to learn it the most that I can. And um, don't take anything for granted. I live every day. I grateful every day. And, you know, for me, every day is a beautiful day because I had the chance to live. And I have a joyful to have friends that can relate with you. It's joyful to share what you create. It's you know, joyful to wake up and, you know, have a woman by your side that love you and care for you. And, and, you know, all those things in life are the main thing, you know. It's a journey. You have to learn every step of the journey. And nobody can carry you, you back. You have to carry your own back. Doesn't matter what situation is in life. It's always a learning experience behind. It's always joyful to learn for a bad experience is always joyful, a good thing to have. And, you know, I'm really blessed to have Jen in my life for all these years and uh, to have a group of friends that support me um, and they cheer me and they encourage me to be better every day. So um, I'm happy to be alive. That's the only thing I can say. Oh, man, I love that so much. You know, and that's, that's such a beautiful perspective, you know, and I think... It's really that gratitude, right? And like just being really appreciative for those things you have that, that I mean, I think really is what, you know, fills your soul and it allows you to really have like true joy, you know, when you really can, can appreciate all, all the things and, and, you know, what you mentioned, having like an amazing, you know, partner by your side as well as a community. I mean, that's, it's invaluable, right? I mean, it, it makes life, you know, so much better, you know, as well. So, um, and I, I love that so much. Yeah, no, I think one other, one other thing I did want to ask you about, because we didn't get into it, was, uh, so I know in addition to, like, creating your art and, and, and selling it, um, you're also a, uh, a collector as well yourself, right? And, and you've done quite a bit of, of collecting of art uh, from other artists in the space. And what I maybe see if you could share with us a bit of, uh, you know, some of the, your favorite artists and favorite pieces that you've collected as well. Yeah, I mean... Um... When I engage in, in the collection size, um, I like to connect with the artists uh, as well. Most of my collection, basically, I know the people that I collect with, people that I listen in the space, people that I have relation in life, and people that encourage me to they support me. Also, um, Gay Wise is one of my one. I mean, I love the way the the gay uh, engage with people, um, how he support the community, how human and real he is. And amazing uh, how he motivated myself. Uh, he was one of the first ones that told me, you need to mean this, as well as Eddie, Eddie Gaylord. I mean, those two characters are such a good influence in what I do. And uh, I always be able to create a really nice friendship with them. And um, tagging along, I had Cameron Smith, Kim, I had Jason Sander, I had David Moriart. And um, if I forget somebody, and you know, I had Jenny, Jenny B as a friend, Alisa Steven, those 
people are basically good relations besides the art part, you know, that we always be able to cultivate in the, in the last year. So, and now, you know, I know you, Jason Chamber, Anna, and tagging along Earth days on the stage, you know, chat, you know, all those connections, just uh, or the human aspect, carrying the same energy that you carry. And uh, when you put that one together, it's amazing what it come out in the creation aspect of that community. Yeah, no, 100%. I think, and I'm a fan of, I think, pretty much everybody you mentioned in that list of, uh, of people too, man. Such, so many great people, great artists as well. Um, and, um, and yeah, I think I've seen also what you mentioned too about like Gabe and Eddie, you know, just being such good, real people, very, very supportive of, of the community. Um, man, so that's, that's so cool that you've been able to like establish those relationships and friendships there, you know, cause, uh, man, that's, that's, that's so great. Um, Jenny, I don't know if you had any other questions you wanted to ask before we uh, wrap up. Um, no, I feel like he covered a lot of them. I was thinking when he mentioned about the trades, you know, cause I, I do know, like maybe you could elaborate a little bit more, but I mean, Carlos, you've done how many different jobs like in the last decades, like you could run a short list for us. Sure. So uh, my my door my job journey started at an early age, uh, shining shoes, and from there just picking up to work in the farming size uh, in a tire shop, uh, in the uh, fashion industry, in the retail industry, in the construction size. I work almost every trade: plumbing, electrical, um, masonry, computer, and. I also work in the um, service industry as a waitress, as a cook, as a teacher, restaurant owner, and uh, contractor owner of a company, and I'm uh, doing art for a living, and um, my specialty is uh, electrical. I went to school for four years in Hibora Community College. I graduated. In 2010, I started my family with Jen in 2011, and uh, I pursued my career as an artist and uh, business owner uh, at this moment. And uh, I'm really grateful to be able to go through all this journey because uh, every aspect of the things that I work is reflecting in my art, and then I really honor and happy to be able to have that in my lifestyle. Wow. It's funny. I, I've had a lot of different types of jobs um, in my life, too. I mean, starting from, like, when I was a kid. But I think I finally met somebody that's done, like, a lot more than me. But that's, that is incredible. Wow. Like, from shining shoes to farming to plumbing, carpentry. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing, man. What a, what a resume. Uh, I mean, that's incredible because, um, I, I did also like a lot of stuff and I had a lot of like odd jobs also, especially when I came to live here from, uh, from Colombia because, you know, you, you go through like that thing at the beginning where sometimes it's like a catch 22, like you can't get a job because you haven't had like prior experience. So I had to do like a lot of like, 
hustling, you know, so I, I, I sold like avocados, like on the street for a little bit. I helped my like aunt sell uh, women's shoes. I did like flyer distribution. I sold vacuum cleaners. I mean, I, I, I've done like a bunch of weird stuff, you know, like merchandising, you know, so just, just a ton of things, you know, but man, I think you probably got me beat on, on the list of, um, you know, different trades, but man, that, that's so cool. And, and, I, and it's interesting because, you know, I've, I've actually reflected back on that. And I feel like with every kind of job or thing that you do or trade you take up, you know, like you were mentioning, like, you know, you, you learn something from those experiences. You take something of that with you, you know, and then it always, you know, you can always use it for something later on, either to draw inspiration on it or, or some of those skill sets can be transferable and, and used in other ways. So, so I love that you mentioned that, you know, you kind of bring a lot of that with you and, and even how you create your art nowadays, man. That's so cool. Yeah, it's really important. You know, sometimes people say, I don't do that type of job. Yeah, I understand. You know, everybody, if they had the, the way to choose, uh, that's awesome. But when you're coming out and, and you have to work for necessity or because you need to work for, mm-hmm. um, because you don't have the luxury for you, things like that, you know, it's, to- it's a totally different idea. So when I started working uh, in a real job that they were paying me a salary, I can pay my own school with it. So at 12 years old, um, paying my own school. So I, I feel really grateful, you know, that I had that independence since I, since I was, you know, in a young age. It was totally different. My dad don't want me to play be playing around with kids that they were not really the best influence for myself. And, you know, I started working in a, in a tire shop part-time uh, for five pesos a week, I remember. At that time, the dollar was, uh, that was uh, $1 a week. That's how much money I was making, $1 a week. Uh, back then, that's what the dollar was. Uh, $1 was five pesos, Dominican pesos. And just going from that uh, to be in the stage, you know, to living a different type of life, to change the whole future of my family. uh, For me to be the youngest one, I always reflect in in the aspect of my dad had to wait 85, 80 years before he got in an airplane and I came to the state at 26. Uh, my son was six months when he flew in a plane. And I always reflect in the time how everything changed, how, how you can help a human being to be better and be humble at the same time. Just bringing those memories back is always have you grounded and always ha- have you with the idea to be grateful about what you have and how blessed you are to be, to have the opportunity uh, to uh, accomplish all those dreams. And for me, I just had a memory. Sometimes you get emotional about it. Of when I was a kid, I always dream about speaking English, you know. Oh, I want to speak the language. I always watch this movie. I always listen to English music, trying to learn. And uh, Jane is a witness when she, uh, when we got together in 2000, 2010, late 2010, 
I was be able to communicate with her in English, she was like, oh, oh, now you speak in English. Before I always ask questions. And, you know, every, we watch movies in English. I always ask what that means. So um, the integration of the attitude to learn it. And I think that's the one that made different. If you have to have the attitude, the, you know, if you want to do something, just do it on your full potential, you know. And I remember if that don't work, try something different. And that's the reason I think I, I was be able to accomplish a, a, lot, a lot of things. If something don't work, I change the subject and try something different. If that don't work, you know, it don't work, I move on. I, but I never had the grief of what about if this happened? And then I always put in my mind, say, if that happened, what I live in right now, it never happened. It might be me playing the major league right now because I had the potential, but I might not have a family with Jen. So I'd rather to have my family with Jen that play baseball in the major because that's my goal. That's my treasure. You know, my kids are like so smart and so humble and so beautiful that when I see them, I see the reflection on, on them. I see the reflection of Jennifer on them and how much potential they have to be somebody in life, to help all the people in life. And when you create a community with that philosophy and then you don't, don't have to worry about it because your legacy is already there. And then, you know, sometimes when I change career, that's what I was thinking about it, my legacy. What is my legacy going to be like? You know, most of the people will not even remember me in the construction business in 20 years from now. But the art that I, I was creating is going to be here forever. So I think just having, be mindful about what you're creating and what you want to accomplish in life, what the experience is going to be, I think that's the best way to approach life. Life is an everyday thing and my full potential. I love with passion. I create with passion. I think that's going to be the more joyful thing in life is to be able to share that with somebody that you really love. And when you have a community to support you and you have a wife that supports you, I think you cannot be grateful than that. Man, so beautifully said, man. I, I, I just absolutely love your attitude, your perspectives, your passion for life. I really look forward to the day I can meet you in person, Carlos, <laughs> because, uh, man, just, just such a genuine, awesome guy, man. Oh, by the way, I see we, we got Nefemi uh, requesting to come up here. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I just, I love, I love how, yeah, everything, everything you expressed there, right? And, 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 you know, you got me thinking a little bit too about how, like, sometimes we may see something as, you know, something like when something doesn't go your way, right? And, and, and you say, it, you're like, ah, oh, man, you know, like maybe bummed about it, right? Like, you, you know, in your case, you know, you could have probably been, um, you know, the big leagues in baseball, right? You got injured and all that, you know, but, you know, being able to see the perspective of, you know what, but, 
you know, that didn't work out. But now, you know, I have my family, I found my, my wife and, you know, and, and, and maybe those things wouldn't have panned out that way. So in a way, it was maybe a, you know, a blessing in, in disguise, you know, and, and to have that perspective and that gratitude for, you know, for how things turned out, man, is, is, is wonderful. Hey, Nefemi, thanks for joining us on the stage. How you doing, man? Good, good. My, um, I can finally speak in spaces again. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I had, to, I had to download like the old version of Twitter. So thanks for showing me that. Hey, Carlos, how you doing? Thank you for explaining and talking about your journey. I've been following you for some time and I really enjoy your art. So I just came up here to, you know, just say what's up, put some good vibes out there. You said something just now that just struck me. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot as I make as I create stuff and see people that create art and just create things in general. And I'm wondering, I feel like there are two, one or two things people create for the process, you know, just to be in the process, to enjoy the experience of creating can put you in this flow state that makes you enjoy life more. Um, So that's one thing on one spectrum. And then there's the other side where people care about legacy. You know, there are different things about legacy. You know, there, there there's the statement of legacy, like, oh, you'll be remembered. You have this thing that will be here forever. And then there's like the stoic approach of, you know, <laughs> none of us might be remembered in like two or three generations, right? So it, it's all kind of vanity in itself. For you, when you create, what is more important to you? Is it legacy or is it the, uh, moments of creation and being fully immersed in that process i mean uh, and that and the stoic part you know it's always you know the stoic is really another subject i mean i feel stoic sometimes in some aspects but i think when i'm referring to legacy in general not necessarily had to be about my art had to be about my family so the legacy do I show my kids to follow? So my kids, they watch you working every day. They don't know what you do for a living because you can ask the kids. Most of the time, they don't know what you do. For me, they see me painting every day, creating every day. That's my legacy because it's creating for them a discipline that even they want or know is recording in their memory as my father was always painting in the garage. And you can even ask to this moment, they will always, yeah, my dad was always in the garage. What he was doing there, painting. So legacy-wise, that's one thing. And the other part, I mean, the art is going to be in the blockchain forever. And it's going to be recorded. They was part of the, all that movement in the 1800s. When I refer to legacy, I think my point is specifically oriented to my generation, of the legacy of my family, and how they want to be, uh, how they will remember me as a father, as a friend, as an uncle. And I think uh, in the creation part, I enjoy every second when I'm creating. 
And I think that's really important because the energy that you pour in the painting, that's the energy that you want to carry on in the painting. When somebody watch and look at that paint, will look all the energy that you put into it, how much love you put into it. And be grateful in, in the creation aspect and create with love. It will take over for years to come. Awesome, man. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That that was very helpful and a detailed, detailed explanation. Um, but yeah, I appreciate your work and keep keep going. Keep going. And thanks to Jen and Giancarlo for always hosting these spaces. Thank you, Nefemi. That was a wonderful question. Good to see you here, friend. Nice to hear your voice. Uh, same, same here. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you, Nefemi. Appreciate you actually coming on and, and uh, you know, speaking and, and also just being a regular listener of the spaces. So appreciate you for, uh, for being here as well. And I see we got also Preston on the stage. Hey, how you doing? Still there? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. What's up? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for joining us here. Huh? You have a question for Carlos? or Not really. I'm not going through this way, so I'm trying to figure out um, what kind of technique he uses for his artwork. So. My technique, um, normally what I do in my process, um, they, all my paintings, they might include before the process I write in the canvas. I can write a poem, like, oh, I can write times, I can write numbers. Depends how I feeling. Sometimes I create, um, I have in my mind and then I go with the whole processes. I do backgrounds and first and, um, after I have my background finished and then I create the subject that I'm working on in some of the cases. In some of the cases, I just leave, start with the line and then I let the flow go. Uh, whatever I create in that moment is get created. And if I'm working in something in particular, there is, uh, get a color palette from Procreate. So I do my sketches sometimes in the iPad and then I see what color, uh, work good with. And then after I have all that layout and then I proceed to do the canvas, it will never be the same because, uh, it's totally different. Most of the time I started, I, I continue adding to, I feel, uh, comfortable with. And that can change if Jennifer don't like it. So uh, that's the process of my creation. So. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Carlos. And I did see that we also got a question from AJ. So who's your favorite baseball player? <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Uh, my favorite, uh, Roger Clemens. Uh, he was uh, my number one, uh, who I admire for, for many years and then who I follow. Uh, for many years because the passion that he he put to the game and uh, and somebody that I always admired because he break the barriers between um, you know the black variant the major was Jackie Robinson I always do Jackie Robinson portrait uh, and since I was maybe ten years old that's when I create my first one from Jackie and. Uh, and the red machine was one guy that was, um, besides as a pitcher, was uh, Pete Rose. And he was brutal when 
comes to energy, like he was a power, I should say, you know. So sad that he is still not in the Hall of Fame uh, because gambling issues. But uh, as a baseball player, I think he was one of the greatest ones. And then I have a bunch of them that I admire, I follow, but I think uh, to be able to put some point, uh, be Clemens, P. Rose, and, you know, in Dominican, you know, we have some fascinating players over there that, that I always love. And uh, one of them is Tony Peña. He's a catcher. He was a uh, teammate from Clemens from many years in Boston. And... Uh, he also is a really good example for uh, to to follow in the baseball uh, work and uh, as a Dominican player, is a really good uh, proud to be Dominican. Wow! Thanks for that thorough answer, Carlos. <laughs> I'm sure AJ appreciates it. I see the 100 <laughs> coming up from down there. Um, so I I do gotta bring the you know, wrap up the space because um, I, I gotta jump on a, on a call, <laughs> but. Uh, man, it's been such a pleasure having you on here, Carlos. Um, you know, learning more about your story, about your your art, your passion for life. Uh, man, I, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your time in New York City. A great weekend, safe travels back home, and hopefully uh, we can also meet in person sometime soon. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jim, for uh, having me on the stage. And Carlos, it's really honor to be here with you. Uh, we live from NFT New York, guys, and uh, I have such a blessed time in here. And Ethereum, I'm so happy that you like the painting. Um, I'm really happy that, that you care about the NFT and the physical. So, Carlos, Jenny, Nefemi Preston, you guys that were up here, and also everyone else that was listening today. Appreciate all of you. Have a great rest of your day and a wonderful weekend. Take care.